welcome to Connect BizCast, a podcast series that aims to get more in-depth with the ins and outs of the business owners we feature in Connect Business Magazine. Every episode, we feature up to three different local business owners and ask the tough questions about business and what makes them successful. Well, welcome to Connecting Minnesota, a new podcast where we try to bring out the characters behind the stories um, of the businesses around southern Minnesota and northern Iowa, the businesses that really make this region special and make it thrive. And thrilled to have with me today the cover story from the January issue. We have Jeremy Thomas here from Unique Specialty and Classics, and you're just back from Arizona. Yeah, we just got back. And, uh, you know, aside from immediate family and kids, um, I'm really not sure what the big hurry was to get back. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why were you down there? Let's talk uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. We were down there. Uh, we're an exhibitor at the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction. It's the world's largest collector car auction. And Scottsdale's their biggest one. It's the big show with the celebrities and seven-figure cars and all that kind of stuff everybody gets excited about. Um, so it, it provides a great uh, platform. We've got exclusivity down there. We're the only dealer that does what we do that they allow to be an exhibitor down there. So it's, uh, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, get in touch with a different uh, market, uh, same market, maybe only different, different people from literally all over the world. And, uh, and this year was no different. We've met people from, you know, Canada, Australia, all over the place. And, but oddly enough, there's a lot of people from the five state area that, Hey, I'm from New Ulm. Oh yeah. I see Mankato down here and they think it's cool that we're down there. So so yeah, it kind of checks all the boxes for us. Also, did you see anyone famous? Um, yeah, especially in the car culture. Uh, Wayne Carini, who's got his own TV show, uh, Dave Kendig and Kev Dog, as they call him, uh, they were down there. Um, so yeah, there was there was there were some celebrities that went through, and uh, uh, Aaron Cohen from uh, Junkyard Empire was there. Um, actually, we're working with him on a couple of projects now as a result of that. So that's oh, kind of wow. cool. So yeah, it's uh, like I said, it really it really blends you know, whether it's just a backyard hobbyist to these celebrity guys that are building cars on TV, everybody kind of comes together in this big melting pot and all of a sudden everybody's kind of an equal. And it's uh, that's the neat thing that we love about our business, our industry, our hobby, is that the uh, the passion and the love for these cars and the culture is kind of puts everybody on the same playing field. Now let's talk about that business and explain exactly what Unique Specialty and Classics um know what you guys do there yeah absolutely so we're a full service uh, classic uh, car dealership so what that means is we've got uh, from an inventory standpoint there's the sales side of course so we've got we always have between 150 to 200 cars in stock that are for sale we do trade-ins consignments uh, a little bit everything that way then on the we also have uh, uh, we do full service on these cars uh, restoration whether Somebody maybe just wants a different engine put in or different brakes to a complete, literally every nut and bolt, uh, kind of blow the car apart and start over kind of situation. A frame-off restoration, we're able to do those as well. Um, and we're able to do interiors and convertible tops. And, you know, uh, if somebody needs some chroming done, we have uh, folks and connections that can do that. So uh, really anything having to do with the classic car hobby, we're, we're able to, uh, to handle. And let's talk about how you got started in this industry to begin with. Um, yeah, I, uh, I came to Mankato to go to MSU at right out of high school and was doing that and, you know, a couple of part-time jobs here and there and, and essentially got the chance to work at a, at a new car dealership in the shop doing, well, basically whatever they wanted, oil changes or, you know, scrub the floor or anything in between. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was fortunate enough to be there for, I believe, gosh, roughly speaking, 12, 13 years and kind of 
worked at several positions, worked my way through, worked my way up, I guess, if you want to call it that. And so I, I was able to gain a, a broad base of knowledge through through doing that. And um, and then now, a little over 13 years ago already, uh, Unique, we opened Unique in 2006. And um, yeah, here we are. I mean, it started out small and, um, you know, the story goes, we had seven cars on the lot. And, uh, you know, now, like I say, we're talking, we have 150 to 200 all the time. We're excited about moving into a new facility because we outgrew our other one. So uh, yeah, growth is good, and uh, but it, none of it happens without without the people. And I mean, they, you know, we can tell stories about cars all day, but um, I've been I've been fortunate and blessed to have an incredible team. That's we we have made it. I haven't made it. We have made it happen. That's for sure. And you have a, a really a worldwide footprint from your little spot here in Mankato. I know people at first were like, you're putting a what in Mankato? Because, you know, they couldn't imagine it. But really, your business um, is not like a typical car lot. No, it, uh, it's, it's really not. Um, the, uh, but you're right. Yeah, the, the, the footprint is pretty huge. And, uh, you know, honestly, again, even bigger than I probably thought. You know, I thought I was thinking big when we started. And uh, it even proved to be bigger than that even. So... Uh, so yeah, being able to, uh, knowing how to market to the folks worldwide and certain, certain countries kind of have a, their certain flavor of cars that they like or, 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 uh, uh, you know, decade range or style, or some are more into the classics, some like the muscle and, and, uh, and everything in between. So it's, um, it, it's been eye opening over the years to, to see how, how this hobby slash industry truly is a worldwide thing you know we we get caught up in our american classic and muscle cars and uh you know early on it was very eye-opening to see how much desire there is for that culture in all these other countries it's uh that that was that was an interesting thing to kind of learn and go through and heck we're still learning so yeah and, and one thing that really struck me when we were talking earlier is with the ups and downs of the economy it doesn't really affect you so much because people see this as an investment yeah i mean you know let's be honest nothing everything in our inventory is nothing that people have to have it's all a want it's a toy i know it and uh but uh you know more than that is is the the emotional connection that people have with these things and and you know sometimes the emotional pull is hard enough that it is a need you know they need to feel that they want to feel that you know whether again whether it was high school or a relative or a grandpa or whatever that had something and that really uh you know really helps people connect that way mm -hmm. and let's talk about your new building you said you're just mm -hmm. moving in and how's that going um well as with any construction project i don't care if it's your house or business or anything in between number one it never goes fast enough you know because you're anxious to get in there and we most definitely are um, but uh, no, overall, it's going very well. Uh, uh, the company that's doing the work on it is doing a fantastic job, and we just want to get it right or as close to right the first time as we can. So, yeah, we'd love to be in there functioning, uh, but uh, uh, you know, in good time. We've got uh, uh, we're hoping to be open, uh, have sales open here early spring or late winter. You know, March has been tossed around, and then our service and restoration department will probably be. 30 to 60 days behind that for that build out to get finished, uh, you know, for drain floor drains and HVAC and things like this that have to get put in that are special to the service department. And can we talk about Chrome Hunters? Chrome Hunters? Quickly? Yeah, so that's, it's a neat title and it's kind of a neat project that you've been working on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chrome Hunters is the name of our, um, uh, our, pilot? our, our pilot, I mm -hmm. guess, if you will. And uh, 
it's a pilot uh, uh, episode that's been put together with uh, uh, True Facade Pictures. Did a lot of the work on it, and uh, well, shoot, they did all the work except for what we did. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it came together very well. Um, it, we're we're hoping to start getting that out to the public here sooner than later, and uh, you know we'll start locally. And uh, you know there's we've got a few contacts at some of the other networks, uh, Motor Trend, Discovery, Velocity, those types of things. So uh, you know if we're fortunate enough to have something go up the ladder that high, then so be it. It'll be great to bring something like that to Mankato. Yeah, I like that title, Chrome Hunter, because that's kind of what you are. You go out and find these cars or collections yep. of cars. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and it's it, it it is all about that. And whether they're shiny and pretty or rusted and dusty, uh, they both have value. So uh, both, uh, you know, not just monetarily, but again, emotional and connection connection value as well. Mm -hmm. And this before we go, talk about your favorite car that you own. That's your favorite toy, and why, and what your connection is to it. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> I um, I'm a Cadillac nerd, as some people say. So I've I'd say my favorite one right now. I've got a 1959 Cadillac. Long and black, as Johnny Cash would say, and um, uh, that's probably my favorite one right now. Fifty-nine Cadillac Coupe de Ville. All right, and mm -hmm. where can folks find you online if they want? Yeah, real easy. It's uniqueclassiccars.com, and uh, you can also uh, see us on on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is chock full. If you like watching cars, um, we've got all all the videos of all the cars uh, running and walk around videos and everything else. You can see us on YouTube, and then naturally the rest of social media: Facebook, Twitter all that fun stuff. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, joining us now on the podcast, we have Rayshon Archie Ninao, who uh, is the owner of the brand new Archie's Place in downtown Mankato. So thanks for coming in and joining us today. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Now, you have a remarkable story from the first moment I heard it. I'm like, this is a story that should be told. So tell us a little bit about um, your upbringing and how you got to where you are today. Home. So I was taken away from my birth parents when I was really young, um, probably like four. And then I went through 22 different foster homes and some group homes and stuff like that, orphanages. And I finally, when I was, that's when I turned 11, I finally got adopted by this family and they just, they made my life a lot better. Cause I was a bad kid. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, they made my life a lot better. They, I think uh, mental health is important and they worked on me with things that I, I was uh, traumatized from in my past and just kind of built me into a better person today. So, um, I'm sure they're very proud of you. <laughs> oh yeah. My mom, my mom, um, the first time I opened, cause I did just a little soft opening. My mom was actually right there behind that. She took off work that day and was helping me that day. So that was cool. They're very proud of me. Um, and I know you're very thankful for them. So you ended up going to culinary school, which kind of led you to what you're doing now. Yeah, well, not exactly. Okay. I mean, kind of. I went to culinary school because I tore my ACL, and you know, I was supposed to play football. And my mom was like, well, you're not just going to sit around the house. You're going to go you're gonna go to school. And so I ended up going to culinary school, and I actually liked it. And then I got came back here, and I got a job. And at Red Lobster, and they said, you're going to be a cook. And they had me washing dishes. I was like, well, this isn't what I want to do with my life. So, And then I got a job at the hospital, and they had me on the line uh, as a chef there. But it's just a line cook, so I didn't want to do that either. So I ended up uh, working for the Tailwind Group as a maintenance man. And actually, I liked that. I mean, it wasn't that bad of a job. Like, I was just going, uh, like, working on all the college dorms and everything, 
painting and stuff like that. And I, um, I ended up, I, it wasn't enough money for me though. So I ended up being a car salesman and I just, I mean, there's, this is like personal story. Okay. So there's this kid that he didn't like, I mean, he was working at B-dubs as a dishwasher. He was a really hardworking kid and we sold him a car for, I sold him a car for $20,000 and I know we only got that car for $10,000 and I know that kid was never going to get his money's worth or anything out of that car and it just made me feel bad. So. I kind of just gave up on the car sales dream and wanted to do my own thing. And that's when I decided, hey, I got a culinary degree. Let me see what I can do with this. So it's kind of how that happened. Yeah. So when you make your decision to have your own business, what goes into that? I know you have to find financing, put together a business plan. And um, Yeah, I didn't. I never took out a business loan for this. I just I had a little bit of money stashed away. Um, and. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I don't like to show off a lot. I, I like my cars, but that's about it. I don't spend thousands of dollars on clothes and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I just put all my money into the restaurant and here we are today with that part. So, yeah. so let's talk about Archie's Diner. What, what's it all about? Uh, just good home food, like fried chicken, coleslaw, you know, we got good cheesecakes, really good cheesecakes. Um, turkey leg with Creole mac and cheese on it is, is pretty good. It's kind of like spicier. So, um, I don't know in the atmosphere, it's like, I like everybody, everybody's welcome, you know, like anybody. And cause I know like you have a lot of bars and stuff downtown Mankato that are just like, it's like kind of clicky, you know what I'm saying? And or it's like really country or, you know, it, it's just weird. So, yeah, I just I want to make a place that's for everybody. Oh, that's good. Now, your menu, did you sort of see what was missing in the marketplace and and try to fill in with that? Or? Yeah, because, you know, I there wasn't too many places that had actual good fried chicken here except for KFC. And people were sick of KFC. So, and then Quick Trip just tried to put theirs out, and I got mad because it's so nasty. <laughs> it's, I'm so sorry saying that, but it's it's not very good, and so I just I decided to do my own thing with that. So, what are you most nervous about launching this new endeavor? I'm most nervous about I don't know I don't really know I just <laughs> I'm just gonna take this for everything you know is I'm gonna see how far I can go with it. Yeah, so, take it one day at a time, huh? Yeah. Yeah, what's been the biggest challenge so far? Uh, employees, finding reliable employees is the hardest thing. Starting a business ever, so. Oh, good. What are you most looking forward to? To being successful. Like, I want, like, my name's buzzing around the town a little bit right now, but I want it to stay like that. And to, you know, I see... You just drive down Madison Avenue, you see a lot of big businesses and stuff like that. And I kind of want my own business, you know, so like right there in the open, just a big place like that. So, and I know maybe because of what you've been through in your life, you have a lot of empathy for others. So that's another important component to your business plan, isn't it? Is to give back. Yeah. So, you know, like if somebody's hungry, they come to me and they need something to eat, like 
I'm not ever gonna be the type of guy to say no, you know, like, yeah, I got a meal right here for you type. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that go through things and like, I'm never gonna ask them questions like why or anything, it's none of my business. Like, if you're hungry, I'm gonna feed you, so. That's great. So where can people find Archie's Diner and your it's, hours? And um, in the Mankato Place Mall, the old mall downtown, and my hours are 7.30 to 9 p.m. on Monday through Friday. And Friday, Saturday is 12.30 through 3 a.m. because I'm downtown. And Sunday it's 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. Thing. yeah <laughs> well good luck to you i wish you the best of luck it's gonna be great i appreciate that right. and now we're here with our guest john jameson owner of jp fitness in mankato just hit an anniversary yes yes we did we had our uh, third anniversary actually in our physical location i've been open for four years but we moved into the downtown area of mankato three years ago so the theme of this podcast is um, interviewing business people that are living their passion, that took their passion in life and made it into a business. And that's certainly your story. It is. It was something, um, you know, I was working uh, kind of in that corporate structure in Minneapolis. And I, I noticed that I was kind of straying away from what my um, true passion was, I, I think, for what I wanted to get out of my career. Um, and. Then meeting my now wife in Mankato brought me kind of back down to this area in southern Minnesota where I uh, knew that I could kind of refine or um, find my values again and what I wanted to get out of personal training. And so that's really what drove the start of JP Fitness. And as an entrepreneur, it's one thing to have a passion and say you want to do something, but I know there are challenges. And um, so how talk about that, the process of taking it out of your head and into reality. Yeah, that, um, that process can you know, it, it can be so fluid. And so you, you really have to figure out exactly what you want to do with your passion and how you want to apply that to the market that you're going into. And yeah, taking those ideas out of my head was trying to figure out how I can uh, portray those to the market and, you know, really show people what I'm passionate about and how I can help them reach the goals that they want to, uh, they want to reach. Mm -hmm. And what was your biggest challenge? Do you think it was financing or? Um, financing right away, you know, it's definitely like a startup business. I, I started from the ground up with just the little money that I had saved while training in the cities and, uh, you know, jumping through the hoops to kind of get, uh, the right backing. Um, but once I found that, you know, it was, it was also then finding the marketing and understanding how I wanted to market my company so that I could reach the people that I wanted to reach. And, um, so they both kind of went hand in hand. And when I first started, I was able to take some more time to really kind of build that foundation, which was nice. Mm -hmm. And I think things have kind of changed though, haven't they? From what you thought maybe was going to be the, the ideal for your gym. And now it's kind of a different. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you, uh, when you asked me to do this, that's kind of what I was trying to think about is where it all started, what my initial plan was. And it was a, a business that I simply just wanted to do on my own. It was one thing that I was going to train out of my facility, be there, close the door when I was gone. But the market wanted something different. They wanted a place that they could access on their own. Um, it, I got a lot of support in this uh, Southern Minnesota market, which was really nice. And that's what allowed me to then bring in and mentor more trainers. And so I've now evolved to kind of to being a trainer to now mentoring and growing younger trainers and growing the field of personal training itself through JP Fitness is where I've really found like that's my role. Mm -hmm. And let's talk a little bit more about that, this community. I think it is very supportive of people like yourselves that are entrepreneurs and trying to get something going. It is. And it is definitely, um, you know, like they say, local and 
Um, some of those words are trending right now. And uh, small business is, is really, I think, growing because people want to support people around them. And yeah, Mankato, uh, so they, I wouldn't say it was surprisingly, but it was just like overwhelming support from the beginning that allowed me to take on more trainers and be able to support other people and show them that this is a field that I think is very important for people in their life and giving them an opportunity to you know, reach their goals on a more personal level. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I just lost my train of thought on that. Um, oh, what advice would you have for other entrepreneurs that might be wanting to start out? Um, I, I think it goes back to uh, finding out exactly what you want to get out of your business and, you know, finding your path, um, making sure that there's a need for it. You know, there Mankato, I think is pretty saturated with fitness facilities. Um, not so much, uh, I would say a personalized experience when it comes to training. So, um, that's really where I found that I could fit. And so I think just making sure that when you're taking that leap to go on your own, that, um, you know, you're finding the right path for yourself and that right niche but also that you're ready to work and you're ready to grind. I mean, it's not, oh, I'm just gonna put in a couple hours here and there. I mean, around the clock and I always, I would be there from 5 a.m. till 8 p.m. when it started and be there Monday through you know Saturday and Sunday doing some backend stuff to just try to catch up to get back Monday. So just know it's gonna be a grind. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, you've passed the hump now, you're what, four years old. So now you're kind of going into that next level of business though. You're not really an entrepreneur, not a startup necessarily, it might be time to grow a little bit yeah you know then you start to put your focus on I think other things and how I can you know retain my trainers what I can kind of offer them and now um, looking at more of uh, incentives benefits things that I can start to do and change from the back end of the business to make sure that the front end is seeing that we are a professional grade personal training studio and that you come there and you're going to get a high level professional experience. All right. I know John from personal experience that you are very passionate about what you do and in helping other people, but are there certain stories that maybe stand out more than others? Um, you know, uh, one story that I, uh, think about a lot too, is I think, uh, looking at my group members and, um, how their fitness level has increased. Um, when I first started, um, we didn't, you know, introduce any kind of advanced or barbell movements. Um, and throughout the training, you know, we've had good retention with our group members and how long they've been there. Um, and starting out just doing some basic functional movements, doing some cable work, maybe some band stuff to now using dumbbells, using barbells, um, you know, getting into some compound movements and, uh, you know, potentially on the horizon might be some power lifts if, you know, their body is ready for it. But we see, we have seen, um, the females that you know use our group training services it's very heavy demographic of females from about the age of 25 to 45 um but they start out or the people that we've had have started out around probably um 30 percent body fat and now they are all around 20 percent body fat so over those years in a realistic manner we have seen them change their um body composition and to me that's more exciting than Um, sometimes, you know, in a 30 day span, maybe losing 20 pounds and having this yo-yo effect, we've definitely seen a a solid, like a linear progression towards them reaching their goals and where they want to be. Yeah. Cause you really encourage people to make lifestyle changes, not just coming to your gym, but stuff to do outside the gym as well. Right. Yeah. You know, you work as hard as you can in the gym, but sometimes if you're having too much wine on the outside of the gym, then that could maybe hinder what's happening and seeing those results that you want to see. But like, you know, we talked about it, it's just all in moderation too. And so maybe not cutting out these things completely and doing a crash diet or coming to the gym two a days for two months to try to get to where you want to be. It's 
making sure that it realistically can fit into your schedule. Um, you know, it's applicable to people that have a, a busy, uh, I would say business professional schedule and making sure that they can get in and they're taking care of themselves as well. And what I love about your, cause it is a small business locally owned and your family is often there your daughter Lowen might be one of the best trainers you have. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> is. I think, uh, most people would prefer to have her over me train, uh, train them, but it's also because, um, maybe she's not as good as a counter as I am quite yet. Uh, but no, we, it is nice when my family can get down there and people can see that because I mean, ultimately, you know, that's what we're working for is to be there and support my family and everybody can be a part of that like healthy environment. Anything you want to add today? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think we covered it all. I'm excited, uh, you know, to get some exposure about Southern Minnesota businesses and I was happy to be on here. So thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Connect BizCast. This episode was brought to you by OMG. If it's not authentic, creative, or effective, it's not OMG.